Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 239 of Geek Town Radio. We're back after a few weeks off and I have with me... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm very well. Well, getting over a cold, like seemingly everybody at the moment, because... Yeah, I've just picked one up. (laughs) Yeah, you've just picked one up. Bex is suffering horrifically. It seems to be attacking her tonsils, which thankfully it hasn't done for me because I don't have any tonsils anymore. But it seems to be going around all over the place at the moment. So uh, that's why, if I sound a little croaky, that's why. But yes, apart from coming down with a cold, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. Uh, so stuff that I've been doing, um, I want to put I'm okay with this last because it's the thing I want to praise the most. Right. Uh, so I'll, I'll end my little section on a positive note, I suppose. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, uh, got that for the Switch, uh, of course, through my rental thing that, that I use. Yes. I played about an hour or so of it uh, at the weekend. A very good game, very kind of, um, I don't think you can call it horror. I think it's more just like you know family-friendly, spooky kind of games right. and uh, it, it's quite no. fun it's, speaking of that it's pretty funny to see because I've never played a uh, Luigi's Mansion game because I think that there's been some of them in the past but this isn't like okay I need to catch up with Luigi's Mansion 1 and 2 you can just you can just jump into 3 yes um, there, there's some little references and things that have happened but it's not like you know important plot details it's, it's Luigi's Mansion so yeah yeah, exactly uh, and that sort of thing pretty good Luigi is basically a Ghostbuster so right because he's got his like vacuum yes. thing not quite not quite the same as the uh, proton packs that the Ghostbusters had this one's a little bit different but it's essentially the same mechanic you know you use the um, I think this, this one like an air pressure thing as opposed to like the um, streams okay. that they have in Ghostbusters yeah. uh, but you basically use that to sort of hoover up different enemies and you know different uh, items and stuff like that uh, you can collect like coins and stuff as well I don't know quite what they're for yet but I'm assuming I'll yes. find out at it's, some a Mario, point. it's a Mario Luigi game what would it be without collecting yeah, coins yeah exactly uh, and the classic sort of coin sound as well um, mm. but no it's good and uh, the funny kind of thing with it is like certain drawers and like wardrobes and doors that you open have these little jump scares on Luigi and of course they don't scare you as the audience but it's more just watching his funny reaction to things right because Literally, literally with almost any drawer and door and whatever that, that he opens there's like creaks or there's things that like jump out and he kind of just jumps at that and that's uh, pretty funny so cool. just did the the sort of first hour and got just got sort of used to using the um 
or his version of the proton pack i don't know what it's actually called but yes. his uh, his device that he's got and uh, yeah setting up an interesting kind of plot mario princess peach and who's the other one i don't know who the other one is uh, one of the no. other characters they've all kind of they've all kind of gone uh, i think it might be toad maybe uh, okay. they've all kind of gone like missing and uh, the hotel manager is uh, sort of slyly telling you about that and then this like little ghost comes in and you have to run away from that which was pretty good as well uh, it looks pretty good as well i mean it's the first party nintendo game so it's more you know in-house developed right. uh, from them which is good but uh, yeah it's a fun little game for me to to sort of jump into i do intend to finish it i, I looked on um there's a get there's a website called howlongtobeat.com and mm. it's where people submit um the time it's taken to beat a particular game and you get different levels of like main story only main story and extras and all that sort right, of thing so yeah, if, you yeah. want, if you want to see a rough estimate of how long it'll take you to beat certain games you can go on that as well and it, it said on there about 12 hours which which seems about right i would think for okay. for that sort of game i think it's got some bits and pieces of dlc but of course i've only just started the game so but mm-hmm. uh, no it's pretty good so cool. treadstone checked out the pilot episode which is really one of them shows us right up my street that sort of that that sort of like 24 mm. jack ryan type of series they have differences yeah. between them you know there's those sorts of shows not quite homeland-esque because homeland really isn't the action series that no. these other three kind of are i know that jack ryan's um what was his original role i've forgotten uh, it was some sort of like analyst Analyst, yeah, yes. yeah. But obviously he transitions more into the action stuff and chases people across rooftops and things like that. Um so this is much more in the in the vein of that. It had some slow moments and stuff mm-hmm. in the in the pilot episode, but uh, there's a few have you seen the pilot episode? Yeah, I've seen the whole thing. Yeah. So Yeah, I really liked that uh, bathroom action scene. I yes, thought that was that brilliant. was that was proper kind of Jason Bourne esque yeah. kind yeah. of Sequence. That was great. Uh, and then there's like people running away from other people as well and across rooftops and stuff. And I just love that sort of genre. Yeah. Um, I'll look for maybe some more stuff after I finish Treadstone because in terms of more stuff from that genre, I mean, I have, uh, is it 10 episodes? So like nine more episodes yeah, left of Yes, I think that. it's 10 episodes. So, it's a, it's yeah. a solid series that it, it, they could do with tightening up the story a little bit, but overall I, it's, I thought that would be one that would be very good for you because it is in that sort of Jack Ryan yeah. kind of Jack Bowery kind of vein so uh yeah. yeah no i enjoyed it it's good it is good yeah so i'm, I'm excited to uh get back to some more of that so that's good as well um and yeah I, li- I like the idea of these kind of agents that have been like woken up or yeah where the situation is so you've got lots of different agents to follow that also kind of means you can kill off one or two of them yes and still have a bunch of main characters basically so mm. you don't quite know who's safe because when you're watching like middle of season four of 24 you yeah, don't you think it's gonna yeah, die yeah exactly you know? yeah so because uh, otherwise, what would the story be? <laughs> but uh, yeah, good stuff with that. And then a show I want to give a lot of praise to, I'm not okay with this. The only thing I knew about the show is it's from the same people that made uh, End of the Effing World. Yes. On Channel 4 and Netflix and whatever. Um, and I was kind of going into this thinking, okay, End of the Effing World, was it was good, but it was also really bad in certain spots, like mm. what, what I mentioned before with the season two premiere that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't address the season one cliffhanger, which is just really weird. So I went in thinking, like, okay, this might be good. And then I just checked, okay, how many I didn't know how many episodes there were or how, how much time it was going to be and then it said seven episodes 20 minutes I thought okay that's quite easily digestible I thought I'll check out the pilot episode at least and it hooked me from the first episode I think this show just gets better and better as it goes along there's some mm. slow moments and slow things that happen but um, sometimes in the first season when you've got to introduce characters and find out who they are what they're about and especially with this main character what's kind of going on with her you do sometimes have slow moments like that but 
I'm not even talking about like slow scenes. I'm talking about just moments that are slightly quiet uh, yeah. in a way. So, and I mean, sometimes, sometimes when, cause in this show as well, you do have some like breakneck pace sort of scenes. So it is kind of good every now and then to like, okay, let's just get the audience to breathe for a moment before mm. we move on to our next big kind of scene. But I, I really, really loved it. And I just, maybe it's because my expectations were pretty low because of their previous show that they did. Mm. But I, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, you know, thinking this morning, I'll go and watch some more and then realized I'd kind of um, finished <laughs> it. through so, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, seven episodes, short and sweet, and it just, it just makes you think a little bit about like sometimes you just don't need as many episodes as you think you do. No, and sometimes yeah, short and sweet is just the better option, you know. Mm. So. Uh, but really, really enjoyed it. And uh, that's what uh, I've been up to. That's one that's on my list. I will get to it at some point. There's just so much around at the moment. And uh, yeah, as we discussed. Uh, yes, I, I, I tried to catch up with some things whilst I was away because uh, obviously I have been away. I was in LA for for a couple of weeks. Uh, I was out there having some fun, but, but also doing some work as well. Whilst I was out in LA, one of the places I did go was uh, Disney's Galaxy's Edge, <laughs> which I think had just opened when I was last there, but they weren't lending letting general riffraff in at the time they were they were only like you had to be staying in one of the disney hotels or have a special ticket or something to be able to get into it now they're letting the general public in so i went in and looked around i mean it's a spectacular looking place the one in florida which is is similar they're not identical but they're they're very similar what's interesting with the la one it's the two parks in la there is disney's california adventure and disneyland uh, they've attached it to Disneyland which the cynic in me thinks that they did purely to boost the numbers of Disneyland because a lot of like the new Marvel stuff that they're building is in Disney's California Adventure so it sort of forces you to buy a ticket to both parks because if you wanted to be able to see both because a lot of the bigger more adult rides are over on the California Adventure side, whereas Disneyland is obviously all the sort of Disney, you know, normal Disney stuff and the classic kind of Disney stuff. So it's it's a slight oddity because it would make more sense to attach it to California Adventure, but I think they probably did that to try and boost the sales for Disneyland. However, the the section itself, uh, it is like walking onto a planet, which was always the the idea. You can kind of wander around. They have a full scale one to one replica of the Millennium Falcon, which is sat outside, which you can stand outside and take photos next to. Uh, there are a couple of of rides specifically in the Star Wars section. One of which is lets you kind of go into in his groups of six and actually pilot the Millennium Falcon. And unlike a lot of those rides, you know, when you go in and do them, what you're controlling doesn't really have much of, of an effect. You basically sit in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and you have two pilots and one controls up and down and one controls left and right. That does actually move things on the screen in front of you. You know, you, you are actually controlling the ship and that does affect how far you get and what score you get so it it does actually play like a proper video game you then have two people that are, are pressing like gunners that are, are firing weapons and stuff and you have a couple of people who are engineers who are putting out fires and that sort of stuff so there are buttons like all over the cockpit that you could hit and press and stuff i really enjoyed that ride it was really good fun the, the queues weren't too bad to get onto that there is a newer ride called rise of the resistance and I didn't get to go on that annoyingly because you seemingly have to be at the park at like 
like you know when it opens at 7 a.m and they wow. have what they call boarding groups and pretty much by 7 15 all the boarding groups are full and there's there's no guarantee even if you're in one of the boarding groups that they will call your number by the end of the day so you could get into a boarding group at like you know 7 15 and not be called until like 9 p.m <laughs> you know so um it's it's a ridiculous ride to try and get on that and i hope they manage to sort that out so it works a bit better so i didn't manage to get on the newer ride but um there certainly i had a couple of goes on the millennium falcon one that was really good and just wandering around that area is incredible i mean they've done such an amazing job on just the decor there's the place where you can go and build robots and build lightsabers which is nice to just wander around i didn't do either of that because there were like a hundred dollars to do either of those things uh, and wow. again the lightsaber thing was full by the time i got there so it needs a bit more planning i think rather than just going hey i think i'll go to disney today uh you need to <laughs> kind of plan your galaxy edge things a little in advance but mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, ju- just being able to wander around the place was spectacular. Um, all, all the foods themed as well. They have like Ronto burgers, which are sort of kebab sort of things. And, and uh, the, you can buy blue milk as well. Uh, oh. they, and and they, you could go and get the kind of blue milk. Apparently in the Florida one, they have alcoholic blue milk, but they didn't at oh. this one. So you can go and buy blue milk and sip that. And they have things with Kylo Ren and he comes out and you know, shouts at the uh, stormtroopers and stuff. It, it's just really good fun uh, wandering around. Mm. If you it, and it's it's not an additional park ticket because it's not that big. It's attached to the main park, so you can get and go wander around the rest of Disneyland as well, and go and do Space Mountain and all the other things you do in Disneyland. But um, yeah, it is worth going to to have a look at. It was really good fun. Cool. I'd, I'd probably like to go on the uh, the new Toy Story stuff they've just mm. done. That'd right, be pretty yeah. good. Yeah, because they, they did a new like slinky ride and uh, a couple of other things. Was that like last summer or something? I think they, they uh, put that in. I'm not sure. As I say, I mean, it, it's interesting with the Disney in LA because they, they've they split it between the California Adventure one. And I, I actually prefer California Adventure as a park. I have done that previously. Um, the mm-hmm. rides are just better over there because they're newer. I only really wanted to go and see Galaxy's Edge, so it was worth doing. Anyway, um, I also did the Paramount Studio Tour because... The, it was LA and I always do a studio tour when it was there. Um, so that was great. Uh, but I've done that multiple times before. Uh, work, working wise, I did a bunch of interviews. Um, I managed to go and uh, go over to the Warner Brothers studio lots and sit down for a chat with Phil Eisler, who is the composer on Revenge and Empire and a whole bunch of other things. And uh, first time we've actually managed to do that in person because quite often when I go over there, either he's too busy or I'm over there and he's over here recording stuff because he does a lot of recording at Abbey Road. So it was one of the few occasions where we both have been in the same place and he's had the time to do it. So I actually managed to get to sit down with Phil, uh, which is the fifth or sixth time I think I've interviewed Phil. Um, But it was nice to do that in person. So that interview has now gone out. It is uh, up and should be in your feed. You should be seeing seeing that. I had a whole bunch of other interviews. Uh, I did... Jordan Gagne, who is a composer who works with Jeff Russo, the brilliant Jeff Russo, we've interviewed numerous times. Uh, He's co-composer for season two of Altered Carbon on Netflix. He also does The Rookie Bull and helped out uh, Jeff on Discovery a little bit and Picard. So uh, he was great and lovely to talk to. That's another interview that's going to be going up fairly soon. I did Rob Carnes, who's the composer on Love, Death and Robots, which is a 
brilliant animated series on Netflix if you've not watched Love, Death and Robots. It's kind of Black Mirror, but sort of animated would be the best way I would describe it. It's really <laughs> fun. And, and the opening episode, which is three robots kind of looking at the relics of Earth after an apocalypse is, is just hilarious. Go and watch that. There is a new season of that coming soon, but uh, that was with Rob Khan, so that will be one going out soon. I did uh, one of the guys from Tutti Music Partners who are orchestrators on pretty much every AAA movie you could imagine in Hollywood at the moment. Uh, so they've done things like Black Panther, they did It, they did Maleficent, they've done a bunch of DC things as well. So they, they were really interesting to talk to. And Ema Kinsler, who is an Irish composer and a prolific violinist, she's got work on a short film called In Orbit, the Oscar-nominated St. Louis Superman. Plus she's played on things like Sense8 and Shazam and Hellboy and a whole bunch of other uh, high-profile films as well. So she was really interesting to talk to. So those are those are interviews going out. Some of those are going out as as podcast. Uh, some of those will go out as podcast and will go on to the YouTube channels. So keep an eye out for those. I also got roped into hosting my first panel, which I wasn't intending on doing while I was hmm. out there. I got invited by one of the PR guys, uh, Impact24, who were the PR guys that I work with. I got invited to a, an event that we're doing called Tunes for Tunes, which, as, as you might get from the title, is a composer event for people that do cartoon stuff. And uh, it was supposed to be hosted by Cindy O'Connor, who we've interviewed before. It's lovely. She's the composer for Once Upon a Time and a bunch of other things. She was supposed to be hosting it. They got a phone call the day before going, uh, I'm really sick. So she's been hit by the same lurgy that seems to be hitting everybody else right now. So uh, she couldn't do it. And uh, I got, I was, well, I was at Disney. I got this phone call like from the PR guys going, "Um, I know you're over here on holiday. Any chance you could uh, just, stand in and do this host this panel I'm like um okay so uh, that was really cool that was um James Chappelle of Voodoo Highway Music Group who is the composer of Paw Patrol and uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighbourhood Daniel Roja who did a thing called Kippo and the Age of the Wonder Beast Jared Faber who was the composer on Teen Titans Go to the Movies Catherine Andern who we've interviewed before who's the composer for Leap and uh, Alex Garingas who is the one of the composers for some of the music on Fast and Furious Spy Racers so uh, it was lovely to meet all those guys and be able to kind of do that event. A uh, bit nerve-wracking actually hosting a panel for the first time. But uh, yeah, I, I think I got through it okay. They seemed happy with it. So, you know, that's all good. That's That was all done. Uh, no visit video evidence of that, but there is some uh, photos up on, on the uh, social media feeds if you want to see behind the scenes on that. Over on TV side of things, though, Doctor Who finale. Do, are you up to date on Doctor Who? I don't know whether you're watching Doctor Who at the moment. I'm actually two episodes behind, but I'm going to watch one today or tomorrow so okay. I'll, I'll i'll get caught up with it i just uh you know got sidetracked like we all do so. yes um i'm not going to give anything away about the finale but um it's it's been really interesting this season i think chris shebnall really pulled it back because i i enjoyed a lot of last season but as we said before it was really missing that overarching story and i think chris chibnall really took that criticism to heart because he went like <laughs> nuts with the overarching story this time as if you've seen some of the earlier episodes you know there is this thing with the sort of cybermen and a thing called the timeless child uh mm. they they resolve most of that by the end of this season and explanations for various things that have happened which have seemed a little odd throughout the whole of this season uh, i thought he, he's done a really amazing job and it it is proper world-changing stuff that they were heading towards for this 
So yeah, having having kind of not really done anything which didn't place a dent in the world of Doctor Who last time, he's mm-hmm. sort of smashed it to bits this time, which is not a bad thing. You know, I, I think reaching for something which is, is quite major and game changing, I think is a, is a really interesting thing to do and uh, goes a lot into explaining sort of you know history and Time Lords and all that sort of stuff. So um, I really, really enjoyed this season. I think he did a really phenomenal job and uh, I'm I'm looking forward. It's got a Christmas episode coming up this year, so it will be back for a Christmas episode. We'll see where they go with it then. Uh, in terms of new shows, there's so much stuff around at the moment. I mean, Too much, yes. Y- yes, <laughs> things that I haven't even got to. But uh, Homeland Returns, which I'm really enjoying. I'm three episodes into that, so uh, that I, I've been really, really enjoying. That's great. Outlander came back a couple of episodes into that. Again, just continues where they left off and uh, really solid series. Altered Carbon also came back with Anthony Mackie in the lead role, which has been mm. interesting. I've only watched the one episode of that so far, but uh, it's been really good. Uh, they found a really nice inventive way of bringing back the hotel, which I rather liked because he was such a good character in the first season. And I did wonder whether they managed to bring him back and they have so I'm really happy they've managed to use him again and he's he's rather more tied into the plot it's interesting to see Anthony Mackie in the lead because the character is still Takashi Kovacs and it's not like Doctor Who Regeneration where you know quirks and things change because the personality is slightly different obviously it's playing the same character so it's interesting to see the differences or similarities between him and the person he replaced but uh, you know Anthony Mackie's great I think he's doing a solid job in that role Narcos Mexico season 2 that has returned again continuation of the the previous story really solid drama uh, not one that I should be watching late at night because it's sort of 50% in English and 50% in subtitles and I, I find myself slightly falling asleep when I started oh. watching that I'd, yeah. I, I was sort of started it at like you know quite late last night and I was started to fall asleep I was thinking this was the wrong thing to start (laughs) but um yeah i've just uh something you've got to kind of concentrate a bit on because i suddenly realized they've been speaking spanish and like crap i didn't realize what they said then so um Mm. so yes something i need to focus on a bit more but yeah i did enjoy the first episode back and then of course we've had better call soul return for season five and walking dead return for the second half of season 10 um and we are doing weekly podcasts on both of those over on entertainment talk i've been really enjoying better call soul and and walking dead this season i think the Mm -hmm. the returns have been really good but uh, if you want to know more about that, go over to Entertainment Talk and uh, see the initial podcast that we put out for those two. And yeah, waiting for us and something to happen in one of those two shows. Yes, so. yes, <laughs> absolutely. The other thing, because I was in America, that I managed to catch up on was the Arrowverse. So I am completely up to date with the Arrowverse and I've seen all the Crisis episodes. Really enjoyed catching up with those. I thought the Crisis was phenomenally good. I Obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything because it hasn't aired over here yet we still don't know when the Arrowverse is going to return 
My gut feeling is Sky have taken the point of view that anybody that probably wants to watch it has probably found a way of watching it by now. Therefore, it doesn't matter if they delay it a bit longer. And I think what they're trying to do is wait until E4 have at least put a date up for Batwoman, which I believe is going to be at some point in March, but they haven't actually set a date for Batwoman yet. And I think Sky are waiting for that to happen before they bring the rest of the Arrow back so they can at least have some potential lineup with the uh, crisis episodes which Mm -hmm. is why they're not back on sky yet and usually they would have been so yeah (laughs) it's annoying though but uh yes speaking of our universe let's move on to the renewals cancellations and pickups in the tv and film news mother's day is around the corner Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So we start off the TV and film news with the North cancellations and pickups and uh, one of these sort of Arrowverse related shows, although technically I think he's fully Arrowverse at this point. Uh, Black Lightning season three has got a UK premiere date. It's arriving on the 26th of March onto Netflix UK. It will be dropping as a box set because that's after it's all aired in the US. Um, that's a slight change. It used to run a week after the US. It's now dropping as a box set all at once, which uh, is annoying, but but, uh, you know, at least you can binge your way through it now. So there is that. In terms of cancellations, CBS have announced that a Y five O is ending after the current 10th season has gone out. So that's the season which is currently airing. Um, so no season afterwards, it's going to end with this season. Did you watch any of a Y5O? Nope, never seen any of it. I know that, uh, is the guy that played Jin in uh, Lost? I know that he's in one of those yes, shows. Yes, he that's was. That's about all um, I know. So. He, he was and until, I think, was it last season or the season before when the contact renewals all went badly wrong. And, oh uh, yeah, they, I remember they, that. Uh, leaving. Oh. It seems that... Uh, we should point out that it's not cancelled. It is ending. It's a decision to end it. It's seemingly based around Alex McLaughlin deciding that he can no longer do the show. That's related, it sounds like, or certainly the reports that came out, it sounds like that the back injury that he picked up in one of the very early seasons, which has caused him problems throughout the run, is finally caught up with him. Uh, he mm-hmm. had some some work done a couple of seasons ago when it was rumoured he might be leaving and there was some sort of experimental stem cell thing that they, they did which seemed to improve it but it's sounding like that the, the injury is kind of finally getting the better of him and he's decided that he, he doesn't want to be kind of doing the action stuff anymore to that extent anyway yeah which is, um, is fair enough um, there was some talk of them maybe continuing it with uh, Scott Kahn as, as Dano and a new partner but uh, given that Scott Kahn's been only really been in half the episodes as well because he had his contact changed so he could spend more time with his family in LA. I think unless you're going to replace both the leads, I don't think you can really continue it at this point. Um, I, yeah, it's but ten seasons is a great run. So. Yeah, ten seasons is a solid run. Yeah. Um, and as I say, it's going to end with the two L finale. It's going to end properly. It sounds like you know they've been kind of 
edging towards possibly ending it for a while, I think. So I'm okay with this. Ten seasons is a solid run. It's not being cancelled. To be honest, I think CBS would quite happily have kept it on air because it is still a ratings winner for CBS. So mm-hmm. um, I, it is very much a decision of the people behind it by the sounds of it that they're not going to continue it. In terms of the renewals, though, over on NBC, they've gone renewal crazy. They've got uh, <laughs> Chicago Fire PD and Mayor Divorce all being renewed for three seasons, along with the three-season renewal for Law and Order SVU. So this is on top of the three-season renewal they've already handed out for uh, New Amsterdam and the three-season renewal they gave to This Is Us. So that's basically their top five, six shows. They've just said, yeah. okay, we're just going to keep them around for at least three years, <laughs> which is fair enough if that's what you want to do. Good news for fans of those Dick Wolf procedural things. Not my sort of thing particularly, but at least they'll be they'll be around. And of course, all the Chicago's and Law and Order are all running on Sky Witness over here on one place finally so that's all good atypical has been renewed for a fourth but final season um which whilst i'm sorry to see that show go it's one of those things that i think i don't know how far you could have taken that kind of idea because he it sort of starts off with him school and then going to college and i i mean you could have him out in the in the sort of wider world maybe but i don't know how far you sort of take that so i think four seasons is a reasonable place to end it and four seasons is a very good run for a, a, a comedy on netflix yeah. yeah that's pretty good i mean like some people were saying oh you know it's a shame it's going to end why are they ending it i mean i think in today's like day and age with tv and stuff you need to be grateful when your show gets a final season rather than because I guess yeah. they could have just cancelled it and just said like nah no full season but uh, yeah. we're getting an ending I assume it's going to be a good ending because most of that show has been very very good uh, so we'll see how they wrap things up yeah and as you say it is the fact that it has got a final season is good it actually is one of the longest running comedy series on Netflix ridiculously mm. because most of their comedies don't make it past three seasons so the fact that it's got a full season is is, you know, there's like Kimmy Schmidt, I think, was one of them. Uh, the Ranch was one of them. And there was something else as well. But most of their comedy series don't make it past three seasons. So the fact that they've given it a fourth and final season is, you know, on Netflix is, is fairly good and it's easier as well to just end a comedy because comedies generally don't end on cliffhangers so mm. you can, yeah. it's a lot easier to be able to just like stop a comedy and just say okay we're not going to bring it back so the fact that they've given it a season to round it off is great back over on NBC uh, Blacklist has been renewed for an eighth season and that's another one I do wonder how long they can keep that going but uh, eight seasons I wondered that well, as well I mean I like that show and I will quite happily keep on watching it but uh, you do wonder how long that it's, you can't have that much longer left in it surely um but uh, I, I mean still enjoying it it's still fun so that's all good Amando Iannucci's Avenue 5 has been renewed for a second season which whilst I'm not surprised that HBO have renewed it I am willing the second season to be better than the first. Yeah, um, I've I've dropped off of this a bit. I think I'm two or three episodes behind. I'm not sure. It just it just didn't click, and it's surprising for a HBO show because you know 95 percent of their TV shows have been very very good. To, yeah. to me, they're the best channel network or streaming service whatever uh, that's out there in terms of quality. But something because I I mean in terms like this basically hotel cruise ship in space kind of thing. That's something I should be kind of in. To, yeah. but I'm, it's, it's just not clicking and I don't know why yeah I think it's a little too slow 
I think that's yeah. the problem because there are great things that happen each episode, but it feels very stretched. And mm. the thing about Veep, which is Ianucci's previous show, and even the thick of it is it's very fast paced and multiple things happen in an episode and there is a, a rhythm to it and a fastness to it. This feels a lot slower and there are interesting reveals in each episode, but it feels like they're really stretching it out and it needs to be a bit more gag filled and a bit more kind of compressed, I, I think. So it, it's just, it's frustrating me more than anything else that it isn't mm-hmm. better than it is. Um, and yeah. I love Armando Iannucci. I think he's brilliant. And, you know, obviously it's an HBO show as well. And it's rare for me to say anything negative about an Iannucci property. And whilst I am enjoying it, I just want it to be better than it is. A bit like with the uh, the gravity thing that they had at the start. Yeah. And like, it, it seemed to just take the both the captain and everybody else on board so long to figure out what to do and to Ooh. then actually do what they were figuring out what to do. Because uh, that's, that's an interesting idea, like this thing in space, basically, this this cruise ship in space kind of thing, like yeah. changes its gravity and all the, you know, all the guests are pulled to one, all, all that sort of thing. It, yeah, it's yeah. quite chaotic when it happens, but it just uh, took a bit too long, like you said. Yeah, I... So, I love I, I love the cast. I love the writer. I love the the yeah the team behind it, and I love the idea of the show. But for some reason, it's not gelling properly, and I think it's the pacing. And hopefully, they can sort that out with the second season. Yeah, uh, you know. I, and so I'm sort of glad that they have given it a second season because I. But if it if it doesn't work after the end of the second season, then that's a problem. But I think the premise of it is a really good idea, and there are things that they could do that would massively improve it. But it just needs tweaking a bit. So uh, we'll see. But uh, yes, Avenue 5 renewed for a second season. Sky handed out a whole bunch of renewals. Uh, one for the comedy series Intelligence, which is the David Swimmer series. Uh, the drama Cobra, which again is another one which was good, but I wanted it to be better. Did they put those episodes in the wrong order or something? Oh, I heard about. Um, yes. It's certainly for you because you've got now TV rather than Sky. Um, yeah. There was a problem with the uploads on Sky and and now TV because it was fine they broadcast it on Sky One in the right order Mm-hmm. But they, there was a real problem. They, that somebody messed up the uploading of them because they dumped it up on demand at the same time as the premiere episode, as they tend to do with quite a lot of the Sky original stuff. And they either put some of the episodes up in the wrong order or they wouldn't download properly. Or Because I know I certainly, there was one occasion where I went to download the final episode and it turned out to be the first episode. So oh. it downloaded okay, but it was episode <laughs> one not epi- or episode two not episode six or whatever it was i haven't seen any of it i just saw in some comment sections people were saying it was out of order that's another show which should have been better than it was it almost needs a jack bauer in there you know it's <laughs> it's it's kind of like 24 if you took jack jack bauer out of it and just had mm. all the politics and it just needs a little bit more action oomph to it again it's another thing that the cast was great and I think there is something you could solve with a second season I, I think but yeah, I, yeah I, I would like to see a little bit more action and a little bit higher stakes than there was in the first one just needs a little bit more to it I think uh, and they're given a third season to Brassic which uh, has not second I didn't second... know it had a second season it, it, has, it has a second season which is due out fairly soon um, okay. but a second season hasn't aired yet never really given it a third season so 
you know, that's yeah. good. Yeah, because when you when you sent me the Google Doc thing, and I was like, oh, Brassic third season. Yes, so it must be doing well. They're renewing it for, before it's the second season's even <laughs> yeah. come on. So I, I suspect they think that's probably got awards value to it as well. Um, and I think that is probably the case. Yes, uh, second season of Brassic is due in May, so. It's going to have a second season in May and then there'll be a third season coming after that in 2021. And over on Netflix, this was an interesting one that popped up. Lucifer might not be as final with the fifth season as we were led to believe previously. Netflix are apparently in conversations with WBTV about the possibility of extending Lucifer past the fifth season, which they said was going to be the final season. Whether that's as... as TV movies, whether that's as like full seasons, whether it happens at all, we don't know because they'd have to renegotiate deals with the cast because a lot of the cast are sort of obviously looking for other gigs at this point. But they are talking about potentially carrying it on after the fifth season, which mm. is kind of interesting uh the producers of the show were up for it netflix seemed kind of interested in it and i mean the the fifth season is basically split into two so it's two seasons of eight episodes anyway so so there there is a reasonable amount of lucifer coming as it is and uh, there is a possibility that it, it may get a sixth season after that we'll have to wait and see moving on to other news uh america ferrera who is the the star of Superstore, is no longer going to be the star of Superstore. She's leaving at the end of the current fifth season, which I believe is the season that's running at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So the last five years at Superstore have been some of the most rewarding, enriching and enjoyable years of my career. Uh, Producing, directing and acting in this wonderful cast and crew gives me the opportunity to grow as a person as a storyteller. I'm so grateful at my partners at NBC and Universal Television for their support and belief. They've always placed in the show and I'm most thankful for the brilliant Justin Spitzer for creating this funny, smart, relevant world of Superstore and inviting me to be a part of it as i start the next chapter for my family and career i wish only the best and much continued success from my beloved superstore family is what she said in a statement it's not really clear why she's leaving because she's not at the end of her contract apparently she is about to have another child she had a first child back in 2018 and she is going to have another kid now so it may just be a case of she's got a young family and she's decided she wants to spend some time with that yeah There have been some changes behind the scenes for the fifth season because at the end of the fourth season, the creator, Justin Spitzer, stepped down so he could focus on some other projects and handed over the reins to somebody else. Whether that had any effect, I don't know. Whether she just felt it was a, it was a slight change and you know things were altering a bit and she wanted to move on uh, who knows the show is continuing it is renewed for a sixth season so it will be like it's just not going to have one of its leads uh, i've not really watched this at all i know you're a big fan of it yeah waiting for itv to show the rest of the episodes i think they've showed 10 so far for season yeah, five and they, they, they did them a week week daily every every weekday uh, apart from the weekends yeah I mean, I mean a lot of people said that this season hasn't been as good and i don't really agree with that uh, right. i think it still had some really good stuff in it especially with the uh first episode they had this like robot thing that that came in not an actual like robot into the store but this um it was like a forklift kind of thing 
with a, with right, a ro- okay. uh, which was a robot and that was kind of uh, quite funny and uh, yeah because she plays amy on the show and she's i think uh, she's in a relationship with jonah who is uh, the, the other main uh, right. male character uh, so it'd be interesting to see what they do with uh, like what that means for jonah as well i don't assume he's gonna leave the show maybe she just leaves for some reason and he doesn't go with her for for some reason i don't right, know yeah, yeah. um but uh, yeah it still continued to be a good show and like i said to you i think a couple of days ago if i can put up with however many people have left the walking dead uh, <laughs> yeah. and still enjoy enjoy that show i think i can uh, handle one person leaving uh superstore so yes. i mean she'll be missed it's not like i'm saying oh it, it doesn't matter but you, you know what i mean in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. Um, how many people have left the walking dead and this is just one character because apart from one of the cast members who passed away who played uh, one of the uh, female characters on the show um, right. no one else has really left i don't think okay. a couple of a couple of small little characters here and there yeah. um but no one no one like major so we'll see how it goes yeah it's one that i i feel i should probably go and watch at some point i just haven't got around to it there's too many other things on right now um yeah we go from somebody leaving a show to uh, a bit of casting news with somebody joining the show tim bodner who is the uh, one of the stars of killing eve has landed the role of vesemir in the witcher season two so uh vesemir is the one of the oldest and most experienced witches in the series uh, as well as a father figure to Geralt he's the one of the survivors of the massacre at Kern Mohen the uh, haunting slaughter that nearly exterminated the witches he's fiercely protective of the remaining few who he sees an endangered community who can find glory on the past of slaying monsters he is a familiar face for fans of Killing Eve because he played Constantine the sort of handler figure on that show he's also starred in a huge range of TV and films, including um, the Scandinavian drama Bron or The Bridge if for the English translation. He's next to be appearing on Netflix series The Letter for the King. I mean, this was a role which online there was a lot of kind of talk of Mark Hamill maybe taking this role, although I'm kind of glad they didn't go down that route because I think, the, I mean, I love and adore Mark Hamill, but I think the problem would have been it would have been Mark Hamill. You know, it was like, it, it, it's so difficult in some cases to, to sort of separate. Vesem is such a specific kind of character. And, yeah. I, and I love Mark Hamill to death, but I, I think it probably wouldn't have been the right fit. And I think Kim's a far better choice for this. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a, is a quite good choice. Uh, I do remember him in season one and season two of uh, Killing Eve, which I think is coming back soon on, uh, is it BBC America or uh, AMC or whatever? Yes, in, uh, in the US. I think, actually, yes. Right, and then we'll probably get the box set after like we usually we do. Will, uh, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a very, very good actor. Um, he's not something I, someone I particularly pictured as a Vesemir, but, you know, I, I didn't picture um, yeah. Henry Cavill as Gary and that worked out amazingly well so uh, sometimes sometimes you never know quite what you're going to get and uh, we'll see how that goes Um, I think the is it Lauren whatever her name is Uh, she said that the show isn't going to come back till uh, 2021 which sometimes you need to do that in order to get you know the quality of the show that we got yeah I remember him from the game Right. In in, uh, in Witcher Three, he was quite uh, quite regular in that, and he was yes. he was this kind of you know mentor father figure to uh, Geralt. So I'm looking forward to seeing you know the on screen chemistry between him and uh, and Henry, obviously as Geralt. So um, yeah, I think it's a good bit of casting. I just don't necessarily see him as uh, Vesemir, but um, I've been wrong about that before. Yeah, well, so. I, I I can actually. I think the sort of father figurey hmm. kind of thing that he he played 
in Killing Eve and that kind of world weariness that he also had in Killing Eve. I think that will work as Vesemir. I can I can see that work working. And, you know, facially, actually, for the version that they used, I mean, not that this is... that. The Witcher is based on the video game, but he actually does fit that sort of look of Vesemir quite well. So I, mm. I think that's quite good. They've announced a bunch of other casting. Most of names I don't really know. Uh, one of them is, uh, I, I'm going to terribly pronounce this, uh, Christopher Hidvjur, who is the uh, play, played um, Tormont in Giant's Plane in Game of Thrones. Though yeah. he has been cast as uh, Nivellen, it looks like. Who I'm not sure who that character is, but he is being cast in this. I don't know. Which does bring an interesting thing up in that we uh, we interviewed. Oh, I, I interviewed some of the Game of Thrones people. I can't remember which one, who, who it was, but interviewed some of the Game of Thrones people and they said they were, there was actually one show that was putting out casting notices for a sort of fantasy show that said specifically on the casting notices, no Game of Thrones cast. And we weren't sure whether that was maybe The Witcher and, and judging by the fact that they've now cast one of the Game of Thrones cast, I've, I'm guessing it wasn't. So the only other show that that could have been is Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, yeah I'm guessing Lord of the Rings has, has banned Game of Thrones people from the cast. But, uh, yeah, so either that or they've lapsed the rules. It was The Witcher and they've lapsed the rules for the second season. But we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that will, that will be great. Um, I thought the first season was really good. If uh, There's less sort of jumping around in time hopefully in the second season but uh, I, I really enjoyed the first season of The Witcher I thought it was brilliant more casting news Rebecca Breeds has landed the role of Clarice in the Silence of the Lambs pilot from Alex Kurtzman and Jenny Lumet uh, we talked a little bit about them putting this pilot forward before Rebecca Breeds depends what fandom you're part of really you might know her from Pretty Little Liars because she was in Pretty Little Liars she was also she popped up in the originals she was also in Home and Away as well um, so she's she's done bits on uh, the CBS military drama The Code and on The Brave she was in the Ben Elton movie Three Summers in the film Slam from native, her native Australia uh, obviously she's Australian because she's been in Home and Away uh, so you know <laughs> and that's the law you have to be in Neighbours or Home and Away <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a TV series uh, set in 1993. The drama follows FBI agent Clarice Starling a year after the events of Silence of the Lambs. The series is described as a deep dive into the untold personal story of Clarice Starling as she returns to the field to pursue serial murders and sexual predators while navigating the high stakes political world of Washington, D.C. It's sounding like it's going to be a very kind of sanitized version of. Silence of the Lambs. You're not expecting Hannibal to show up at any point in it. I mean, she's a solid enough actor. She, you know, the uh, obviously the the role's been played by a couple of people before. Jodie Foster played it in Silence of the Lambs. Julianne Moore played it in uh, the movie Hannibal. And Alex Kurtzman, of course, is one of the guys behind the revival of Star Trek and all that sort of stuff. Whilst this is a pilot, I rather suspect it will go to series as long as nothing goes horrifically wrong with the pilot. Even 
nothing else because CBS don't want to upset Alex Kurtzman because he's the guy that holds the crown jewels of CBS in his hands with Star Trek at the moment. So, yeah. uh, so I think there is a fair chance that this will probably end a series, but they are technically piloting it first. But we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Do you want to see a Silence of the Lambs series? I don't really know much about it, to be honest. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if I have too much particular to add, but we will see. You know, I'll check out a trailer when it, if and when that happens or whatever. And uh, if it's good, then it's good. And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so. they've already done the Hannibal series, which was Brian Fuller's show. Uh, interestingly, mm-hmm. they've, they've done a Hannibal series with Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller was the person that kicked off the whole kind of Star Trek Discovery thing, which was then taken over by Alex Kurtzman. Now Alex Kurtzman is doing a Clarice series. So... <laughs> <laughs> bizarre connection that you got there yeah, anyway yeah. and uh, lastly there was a couple of new horror shows well horror-ish shows coming to sci-fi US don't know where they'll air over here or if they'll air over here but uh, they have ordered two new horror series uh, Day of the Dead which is um, based on the the kind of classic Romero movie franchise it follows six strangers struggling to survive the first 24 hours after a zombie invasion. Uh, It's the ode to Romero's famous flesh eaters reminds us that sometimes all it takes to bring people together is a horde of hungry zombies trying to rip them apart. So um, yes, that's that's the the basic setup for it. It's written by Jed Elhoff and Scott Thomas who have done bizarrely Raven's Home and Malibu Rescue, both of which are kind of kids shows. It's Cartel Entertainment who are the people behind it and they were the people behind the remake on sci-fi of Creepshow, which has gone down fairly well. Who knows? knows it's another zombie show though which i'm sure you'll be quite happy about yeah i mean that's definitely good uh for me because i'm looking for more of that stuff um i saw this pop up uh i think it was from someone else and then obviously you posted it a little bit later and i went oh dead are dead i know that that's a, a zombie film oh a tv show maybe i could uh po- you know possibly do a podcast on that and then i went oh it's on sci-fi and yeah. then i sort of paused myself for a moment i was like oh will, will it actually be on tv in like a couple of years because they do have a big track record of recently cancelling uh uh, yes, bit, some of their bigger shows. So I sort of thought, like, okay, that would be if it if it's good, and you know, if it, if the podcast did happen or whatever. And then I sort of thought, oh, big red flag, sci-fi US, and then uh, yeah. sort of just uh, pause all, all those thoughts. So yes. we'll see. Um, I mean, if it, if it comes out and it's great, then that's good. It's just you you never know. I mean, they have concluded a couple of shows. Like, uh, was it Killjoys? They Killjoys uh, concluded, they did, but, yes. then, but then they've cancelled things like you know, Z Nation, The Expanse, and a whole bunch of other things. So yeah, you, you just don't you just don't really know because um, you never know. Maybe, maybe I podcast on the show for two years and then it gets cancelled. So yes, that was the kind of thought process of like, oh, the yeah, I, I think the, that's the dead thing, and then old oh, big red flag sci-fi. Y- yeah, so. that sci-fi US has has that reputation at the moment which is something they need to do something about yeah. um, the other show that they picked up is sounding somewhat sillier uh, it's called The Surrealator it follows Realtor Nick Roman and an elite team of specialists who handle cases that nobody else can. Haunted and possessed houses that literally scare would-be buyers away. Researching and investigating and fixing the things that go bump in the night, the team worked to create closure and closings even though they struggle with demons of their own. Yeah, that sounds particularly stupid. It's basically... And I mean, in, in some respects... If this was on a different channel, you could almost see this as being a reality show, a sort yeah. of mixing of most haunted and somebody trying to sell houses like location, location, location. It's not a reality show; it's a drama, but or it's a drama comedy. 
but, but, mm-hmm. but when I first read the description, I was like, is this a reality series? Because it sounds stupid enough for something that you could put as a reality series. Yeah, that someone like Channel 5 or MTV yes. or someone like that would do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it is, it is definitely uh, some sort of uh, comedy drama, but um, it's a 10-episode series. It's produced by Sci-Fi Blue Ice Pictures, the people behind the Sci-Fi upcoming comic book series Vagrant Queen, which looks completely <laughs> ridiculous. A trailer for that might give you some idea of the, the sort of humour behind this. Who knows? It, it's, it sounds like it's in that sort of Sharknado kind of genre of, of the sillier end of the sci-fi stuff. But I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what sci-fi are. Yeah, like exactly. Like I just said, they, they do these silly shows and then cancel them. So yeah, it's in that B movie, B movie kind of territory of, of uh, silliness. So we'll have to wait and see. It might be fun. Who knows? So that's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. We have uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is coming to E4 on the 4th of March at 10pm. This is a musical dramedy. It stars Jane Levy as Zoe, who begins to hear the innermost wants and desires of people through song around her. I, I like this. It's sounding very strange and odd. So I, I will go mm-hmm. and check that out. I have uh, just recorded a preview podcast for this, actually. Oh, okay. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a little bit different in terms of coverage, but you'll obviously hear that explained on the preview. Right. Uh, it's not uploaded yet, but if that isn't uploaded by the time Geek Town is, then something went wrong. Right. Um, but okay. it, it should be up before you uh, see this uh, get uploaded. So look out for that. Something a bit different for me to try and explore. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it does, then it does. So yeah. we'll just have to see. That'd be an interesting but, uh, one. It, it should be, it should be uh, a fun show, at least. Yeah. So Yes, I, I like the look of this. It looks funny. Um, Young Sheldon returns to the second half of season three. That's on the 5th of March at 8.30pm. That is back. Castlevania, which is the dark medieval fantasy kind of anime series that is coming to Netflix on the 5th of March as well. The War of the Worlds, uh, which is the Fox miniseries, not to be confused with the previously aired and not particularly well received BBC miniseries. Uh, That is uh, War of the Worlds. That's coming 5th of March at 9pm on Fox. This is the modern day reimagining of War of the Worlds with Gabriel Byrne and Elizabeth McGovern in the lead. That looks like it could be quite good. It's one that I'll be going to watch. Babylon Berlin that returns for season three. That's on Sky Atlantic on the 6th of March at 9pm. Then we have uh, Paradise PD season two of that, which is the animated series. I remember that show. Yeah. yeah that was um, uh, ridiculous, silly fun. Yes, it's supposed to be quite fun and funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, 6th of March for that. That's on Netflix. Netflix. Then Amazing Stories, which is one I've been looking forward to. It's a sort of redone version of the Steven Spielberg show uh, from the 80s, I think, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, but that's coming to Apple TV on the 6th of March as well. It's an anthology series and it's it's an anthology series of amazing stories, basically. But uh, that looks really good. And then we have Vikings Season 5B. That comes to the History Channel. This, is, of course, have already aired on Amazon Prime if you want to go and watch it there. But uh, 5 
5B comes to the History Channel on the 10th of March at 9pm. Vikings, another show I'm horrifically behind on, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a great yeah. series as well. That will happen when you hit season five. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so yes, lots of good stuff coming up to keep an eye out for. And uh, th- I, uh, Yeah, I think we've uh, hit a bit of a TV crush. Yes, to be yes, honest. We, uh, we, we, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about things that we've either forgotten came back or haven't caught up and uh, yeah. there was more than a few, lot. There? Yes, there Sorry. are a lot of things where like, I've still got you to watch and, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. So, uh, yes, there are still things to get through right now, but, uh, and, and there's even more stuff coming. It's it's getting busy out there again. Um, so, uh, for you, where can they find more about your stuff? Twitter, eTalkUK, and of course, entertainmenttalk.org. Lots of stuff happening on there. Of course, like I said, look out for these always extraordinary playlists, Walking Dead, Better Call Soul, film reviews. Uh, we are also doing this week episode uh, 200 of Random Gaming Talk. I can't oh, believe cool. I've hit 200 episodes. Yes. That's uh, pretty wild. So look out for that as well. Uh, and of course, Entertainment Talk's got a new co-host. Uh, Barry's joined the team a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we've got some podcasts planned. We've already done one, which was quite lengthy. It was like 90 minutes on uh, DC Horror and uh, The Stranger. So um, yeah, looking forward to doing some more work with Barry. It's going to be yeah. uh, interesting times. So, yes, that should be good. For all that. And uh, Westworld coming up soon as well. We've got that yes, it coming is. up. Another show. Yeah. So uh, we've got all that coming over on Entertainment Talk. Uh, for us, of course, you can go to geektown.co.uk. We've got loads of news going up at the moment. You've got um, going to have more behind-the-scenes podcasts coming out over the next few weeks as well, as I mentioned earlier on in the show. So keep an eye out for those on the website. Uh, you can go to geektown.co.uk for all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.